Welcome to another episode of the Spoon Mob Podcast. This week, uh, changing up a little bit, this is another mini episode, mini update that we have with sommelier Lauren Noel, who previously was on this podcast when she was the GM and wine director and beverage director, too, as well, over at the Market Italian Village. That restaurant has since closed, and during that time period, Lauren went out west uh, to do some winemaking and then is now back in Columbus. So you can find her at Spec, uh, which is downtown now, just moved and opened in February. Um, so right down the street from Veritas there, kind of in that LC building um, right off of the corner of Gay and High. And then you can also find her at the Bottle Shop, which is up off King Ave, kind of in the um, Worthington, Upper Arlington, Grandview campus kind of mix area there. Um, so she's doing some wine pouring there too as well. But wanted to have her back on, kind of talk about life update. She's also getting ready to take her last test for her WSET Level 4 diploma. So we get into that too as well. Um, but uh, yeah, just wanted to have her back on and check in. Um, you know, she's one of our favorite psalms that we've had on the podcast. You know, we've had a handful and always down to chat more about wine and what's going on in the industry and everything too. So you can follow her on Instagram at Lauren Noel 42. You can also follow at the Bottle Shop Columbus, which is the Bottle Shop account, and Specs is at Spec underscore Italian. Follow us on Instagram too, as well at Spoon Mob. Check out our website, spoonmob.com. Uh, we have all the profiles for everybody who's come on the podcast up there, links to all the episodes too, as well. So you can direct click and then get to a specific episode if you're looking for it. Different food and wine photos, too, as well up there. There's also a contact portal if you want to write in questions, comments, feedback, too, as well. Um, and then make sure to follow or subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. We're on all the platforms. If you haven't yet and you use Apple uh, Podcasts, make sure to go leave us a review. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, if you don't, and I'm not sure why you'd be listening to this, but don't leave us a review. Um, but uh, yeah, any positive feedback that we can put up there to kind of drown out some of the people that clearly have not enjoyed uh, any of our conversations with some people in the industry uh, would be awesome. So if you haven't done so, take a couple minutes do us a favor, go leave a review. Uh, it can be as simple as I really like this podcast. Uh, that works for us. So um, that'd be awesome though. And then uh, we got more uh, episodes on the way. We're kind of going back to just Thursdays only. Um, had some stuff, uh, had some life events happen. So um, it's a little tough to do two episodes right now. So hopefully we'll be able to get back into that format where mini update episodes come out on Tuesdays and then new episodes out on Thursdays. Um, hopefully it'll only be like a month or two um, before we're back to that format, but um, we'll keep you guys updated, but just have to make the switch right now. Uh, just got a lot of other stuff going on that we got to pay attention to. So um, still want to continue to do the podcast and everything. It's just getting tough um, juggling a lot of different things right now. So, uh, but won't uh, go into too many details with that because it's probably boring for you guys, but um, we will still release new episodes on Thursdays. Uh, we will not have a new episode next week, though. Uh, we'll be off next week, taking a little bit of a break. I had a scheduled trip and everything, so we'll be down in Nashville doing some eating. Going to hit up the Capward seat again, see Brian Baxter, who's been on this podcast. We're going to see Josh Haviger over at Bastion. Uh, we're going to check out some of the Sean Brock stuff, too, as well, and uh, hopefully pop back over, see Ryder at The Optimist. So, uh, we've had a handful of them on too. We're also going to check out uh, Edgar's spot, uh, Alibre, um, too, and get some tacos. But 
Uh, if you haven't listened to any of those episodes with some of those Nashville chefs, I encourage you guys to do so. Um, we'll try and post some uh, reminder links to as well so you guys can find them there. Uh, from a, a year or two ago, kind of I think probably maybe the, mostly the first year that we did this, except for Edgar was relatively new a um, couple weeks ago that we had his episode. So make sure to check all those out. Um, we'll be posting pictures too as well. Um, and then we'll post a bunch once we're back, uh, once we kind of curate them, um, just because, I don't know, that's just kind of the way I operate. But I'll try and post as much as I can in, in the moment too as well for you guys if you're following along. But that is it for kind of the updates uh, so without any further delay, here's the mini update episode with sommelier Lauren Noel over at Spec Italian Eatery and the Bottle Shop here in Columbus, Ohio. Cool. So last time, you know, since you've been on this podcast last, uh, the market Italian Village, the market IV, uh, whatever it was called at that point, closed permanently while you were out in California doing uh, grape harvest season again. So. Yes. How did you find out about that? Were you surprised? Were you planning on coming back after harvest season? Uh, I mean, unfortunately, I knew when I decided to move to California that the market was probably going to close after that. So, <laughs> so yeah, I knew that was going to happen. Wasn't really planning on coming back necessarily to that job. So unfortunate circumstances of, I think, post COVID restaurant world, but. So were you planning on coming back to Ohio at all from California? Um, I actually had zero plans on what I was going to do, which is kind of insane for me. Cause I usually have like my next five steps planned out, but I wasn't totally sure what I was going to do. I originally was only supposed to be out in California until the first week of November. Cause that's, you know, end of August to November is when most of the harvest action is happening. And then I think it was like week two of harvest. They were like, you can just stay as long as you want. And I was like, great, I'm going to do that. <laughs> but I had my last wine exam in May. So I was like, I kind of want to come back to Columbus. I have been living out of a backpack with my cat in California, basically, because I drove out there. So I was like, let me go get my life together. And then we'll figure out what we're going to do next. <laughs> yeah, the cat seemed to do decent in the car uh, from the photos and stuff that you posted yeah she did she was like a car cat now on the way back she was just hanging out she loved it yeah ours uh they're not big fans especially if they get locked into the, the carrier or anything they kind of <laughs> let you know about it the entire way yeah she i let her roam around a little bit in the back so she seemed fine but so going out west for harvest season has kind of become like an annual thing for you right like are you going to continue to do that or what do you think yeah, I'm definitely going to go back out this year. So I'm super excited about that. I'm probably going to try to do a Southern Hemisphere harvest because you can kind of like swap because they're opposite seasons. So I'm probably going to go do California again and then hopefully do either New Zealand or Australia. For doing like New Zealand or Australia, you know, is the place in California that you usually go to, are they helping kind of make that introduction or are you just like cold emailing people like, hey, do you need anybody for harvest? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, luckily, um, a lot of the people I worked with out in California have actually done a harvest or multiple in other countries. So like they have a lot of connections. It's kind of like the restaurant industry. It's like once you can kind of get your foot in the door, like the connections are kind of endless from there. Um, so luckily they've been like super supportive and helping me like find places to just go 
even if it's like for two weeks in Australia, I can at least go hang out and see how they do things. So do you normally go through like the whole process, like with harvesting? So like picking, processing, crushing, sorting, bottling or yeah, I feel like I got really lucky working for Idlewild and Ruth Lewandowski Wines because they're such a small production place. Um, it's technically like a co-op winery or like a custom crush facility. So like where I was working, there's two main or sorry, three main winemakers that have their separate labels. And then the assistant winemaker, Mike, has a label with his wife and his wife, Jen, kind of had her label out of there. So like I got to see you know, six different wine labels being made out of one facility. So I got to see like everything from going out to the vineyards. I wasn't doing too much of the grape picking, um, but I got to go to a couple picks in the morning. You know, you're going out to the vineyard at like 5 a.m. and it's incredible, um, but it's an early day. <laughs> um, so I got to see a little bit of that, but working for a smaller winery, I was doing everything from, you know, the stepping on the grapes <laughs> to just cleaning the press, doing pump overs and punch downs. Like I got to see every side of the winemaking process. And because I did stay out there until the end of January, I actually got to help bottle or see the bottling of the uh, spring release wines and then came back to Ohio, like literally the next day. <laughs> so um, I got to see the full breadth of everything. I think it kind of depends on where you go and work. Like if you're working at a larger winery, you might get stuck doing pump overs every day for three months straight. Um, cause I've had a couple people ask me like where they should go apply for like harvest internships. And like, I would definitely say it's more worth it to go to a smaller winery. It might be a little bit more difficult, like to get out there and find housing. But to me, it was like totally worth the experience doing a smaller winery. Cause I got to see literally every side of production. Housing wise, is that just like you try and find an Airbnb or is it like short-term apartment rentals in the area? Cause I mean, Napa Valley and Sonoma, they're pretty uh, notorious for not being the best in terms of cost of living. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most places like um, they kind of helped me like find places, but I ended up finding an Airbnb, like a long-term Airbnb rental for the first two months. And then just kind of through word of mouth found like a rental place that one of the other winemakers actually had so it worked out but usually like people can help you find stuff housing is definitely like the more annoying part of it i think yeah finding housing in northern california is not the easiest um task but yeah most of the time like larger facilities usually have like harvest housing but obviously for like a lot of these like smaller wineries that's not necessarily a thing like some of the interns came out and like slept on one of the winemakers like couches for three days so it's we make it work do people like camp in the vineyard like or camp you know if the, is that possible for people or no Maybe. I, I'm sure some people have. I definitely thought about it. I mean, one of the interns has a like camper van that she stayed in for a month, I think. So she like lived in San Francisco and like would just drive up every week. And basically she just parked her van at the winery, camped for a month, basically. <laughs> so, Which part of the process do you enjoy the most that you've you know done so far? I weirdly really like cleaning the press out, which sounds it's like the worst job because you're climbing inside of this huge euro press and like basically spending like two hours just like detail cleaning this thing and like spraying yourself with a hose and it's probably really cold because it's at night but like i just i don't know 
it's like putting everything away at the end of the day like cleaning the press is usually the last thing we do and then it's like it's done it's just like put away so that is my weird like monotonous task that I like but I don't know I like in the morning I just go in and I would get all the like cleaning stuff ready and then I would just do pump overs every morning at like 8 a.m and that was like my it's like so meditative and just you're in this beautiful valley and just doing great pump overs for three hours in the morning. And, and I'm like, this is the best opening work I've ever had to do. <laughs> so obviously, you know, you enjoy winemaking. Is that then the process and everything? So is that something you kind of can envision doing permanently down the road? Or is it just been for the enjoyment of the experience? Or is it because you're studying? Or like, what's kind of the logic of it so far? And like, where it's kind of going? It's funny, ever since I got into wine, like seeing the production side of it was always something that interested me. It kind of reminded me of like, just working back of house in restaurants, like it's like that side of the wine industry. And it always interested me. And I finally just kind of got this opportunity where I knew I was going to be leaving the market and things just really lined up perfectly. So I knew I was going to enjoy it. I didn't know I was going to enjoy it as much as I did. I mean, doing manual labor for 16 hours a day, if not more, doesn't seem like this really glamorous job, but like, I just totally fell in love with it. It made me love and appreciate wine so much more. And I just really liked having that like hands-on experience with it. So I'm probably gonna eventually end up more on the production side if I can I really enjoy it like I love restaurants and like I think I'll always be working with them in some capacity but like the production side of the wine industry is definitely kind of like captured me a little bit so I think I want to do a few more harvests and then kind of like see where it goes from there but eventually I think that's kind of what I want to do is maybe make wine eventually <laughs> So you wind up coming back to Ohio after finishing, you know, the harvest and bottling. How did you kind of land the opportunity with spec, you know, working over there? Well, it was kind of random. I was texting a few people that I was coming back and was trying to get like a tasting group together. And Genevieve, who's running some things over there, she was just like, oh, do you want to come work at spec? And I was like, yeah, I would love to just bartend with you. That sounds great. So... That happened. And then I'm at Bottle Shop with Greg Stokes also. He called me when I was like driving through Indiana and was just like, do you want to like come guest bartend at Bottle Shop? So I'm just working at both places, um, which is super fun. Just bartending and stuff like that. No like wine director, no general manager, nothing like that. Yeah, yeah. None of that. Just pouring liquid into cups and hanging out. <laughs> So, I mean, what's kind of been the biggest difference between, you know, the market and spec, you know, just from working, you know, as pouring wine and making drinks and stuff like that, what's kind of been the biggest difference? I think I have like some amount of sanity again. So <laughs> uh, there's that, but it's just been really great to like work with a team that is really excited about opening spec and like excited about what they're doing. So everybody really cares there, which is awesome. And it's just been fun to like be a part of that. With the bottle shop, I mean, I know Greg bought it uh, a little while ago, didn't make too many changes, kind of wanted to keep it the way it was. So, you know, working there, what's that experience been like so far doing, you know, some bartending shifts and, and guest bartending, like you said? 
It's been fun. I mean, Bottle Shop was technically my first bartending job when I was 21. I like started working there like a month after I turned 21. So it's been weird to be back there. But it's been cool to just kind of try to get it back up and running again. I feel like that place has always been kind of like a staple in the community. I mean, it's like a huge industry spot. And I just feel like it's really special to a lot of people. So it's been really exciting to get it back to like what it can be. And I just think it's been cool to like sell wine again. <laughs> I, I did miss that. Um, I loved making it out in California, but I also really missed getting excited and talking to people about the wines that they're excited about. So that's been really fun. We did just get all of the spring release wines from the Ruth Lewandowski wines that I helped make are in now. So that's kind of wild. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty crazy that you helped make them and now you get to kind of sell them too as well. Like I probably stepped on those grapes that you're drinking now. <laughs> so you mentioned you're finishing up your exams. Is that the W set three? Is that what you were on or where, where are you at with that? I'm finishing the last diploma exam in May. Okay. So four, right? Yeah. So four. Yeah. It's like a, it's the diploma. So like the level four for W set is uh, broken up with five exams and one research paper. I have everything done except this last exam, and then hopefully I will be done. <laughs> so we'll see. So now with the process with this, you know, five exams, is it multiple choice? Is it, you know, just, hey, give us three examples of this, you know, or, or how has that been structured, you know, for you compared to, you know, the other ones? Um, so once you get into the diploma, it's just a little bit more intense, so to speak. So uh, there are two exams that are just theory, and those exams are just on viticulture and um, business of wine. So there's no tasting component to those. All theory, just a 90-minute, like, write as much as humanly possible about the questions. And then you have three tasting and theory exams. So there's the exam just on sparkling wine, um, then you have your fortified wines, and then you have the big one, which is just all still wines of the world. And so those consist of theory and then a three wine tasting for fortified and sparkling. The still wines is a 12 wine blind tasting and then a three hour theory exam. And somehow people have a brain cell left after all of that. So <laughs> it sounds like a lot. Yeah, for sure. So when you're done with it, you're done with exams, right? That's it. Or because I think like master of wine, like you can apply to that, right? Once you get to the diploma level, if you want to. Yes. Yeah. So if I pass this last exam, I can then sign up for the or apply for the master of wine. I keep telling myself I'm not going to do that, but I'm probably going to do that if I pass. So <laughs> I really enjoy learning about wine and like one of the reasons I've even continued doing these exams is just because it kind of forces you to learn and I just feel like it's a really good way to like stay engaged in what's changing in the wine industry. So we'll see. I might I might take like a little bit of a break and then sign up for it. No, well, good luck uh, with the upcoming exam. Um, I'm sure you've been doing nothing but straight studying, um, probably for it when in your, in your free time. So I'm Greg and I have basically been blind tasting at eight 30 in the morning, almost every day. <laughs> yeah. I got to imagine at some point that just kind of gets like exhausting. Yeah. I think after like day three, I was just like, why I hate this. <laughs> I <won't do> this. <laughs> no, it's, 
it's been really helpful um, tasting with him. Just starting your day off with tasting and spitting wine is not as glamorous as it sounds. <laughs> Especially when you just totally blow a tasting and you're like, oh man, that's not how I wanted to start my day. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that's probably not the best way to, yeah. <laughs> get going in the morning but right you're like all right this is gonna be amazing no but good luck with the exam uh we were pulling for you and you know we'll wait to see what the results are i'm sure you'll let everybody know um but otherwise people can find you at spec and the bottle shop um behind the bars there certain schedule or you're just kind of randomly there um honestly i feel like it changes every week so yeah i'm at one of the two places Usually I see people like both like two days in a row just between the spots, but yeah, there. And then we're working on doing a um, natural wine festival in Columbus um, in July this year. So we'll start posting about that, but we'll have a lot of producers coming out for it. So should be some really fun stuff. Will that be in a certain part of Columbus? Like, or how's that going to work? We're looking at doing it downtown um, kind of near the like commons uh, we don't have everything like totally um, blocked out yet, so I don't want to like say it's somewhere and it might end up changing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we're definitely planning on doing um, a single day natural wine festival. So we're getting a bunch of producers to come out, and then um, everyone will just get to come drink some really fun wine and hang out. No, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, we have the beer fest and stuff, but I feel like those haven't been as big as they used to be. I don't know if it's everybody got a little exhausted or, I mean, they were doing it in what used to be, what, the LC, was it like Kemba Live now? I don't even know. It's been through so many names. I don't know what it is, but that was not a great venue um, for having that (laughs) set up there, the way they had it organized. So yeah, the Commons is, I mean, that'd be a great place. They used to have the Food Truck Festival there and it was great. And then they moved it to the Sayoto Mile and it was kind of like not the same. And then they wound up losing a bunch of like local food trucks and you know like vendors from like cincinnati come in and it was like a lot of like fair type vendors almost so it kind of lost a lot of its its luster i think from a lot of the people that really enjoyed the food truck festival back in the day but no that sounds cool um you know having a a natural wine festival i think it'd be awesome to have and hopefully the weather's great for it so people can just be out and about and everything but yeah i haven't been to the bottle shop yet since greg took it over so i'll have to stop in there at some point Went to spec for lunch um, the one day, so I had a great time there. But um, I'm sure we'll be back because they have some different stuff for the the dinner menu and everything that they kind of change over. Um, so that'll be cool to see. But yeah, I'm sure we'll see you soon at one of those two places. Definitely. Big thanks again to Lauren for coming back on the podcast, sharing some updates about her career, her life, what she's kind of working on and what she's got planned. So uh, be on the lookout for an update on her WSET results. But you can find her over at the Bottle Shop Columbus and at Spec Italian Eatery, which is now downtown, um, right pretty much across the street from Veritas. So follow her on Instagram at Lauren Noel 42. Also, the two establishments that you can find her at, at the Bottle Shop Columbus on Instagram, and then also at Spec underscore Italian uh, is the account there. But she'll be behind the bar at either of those locations on any given night. So stop in, say hi, um, and see what she's got for wine um, too as well. So also make sure to follow us on Instagram at SpoonMob and then check out the website, SpoonMob.com. Subscribe to the podcast, follow the podcast, whatever platform that you use. New episodes, Thursdays, 1 a.m., they drop. Um, they'll drop right in your feed if you're following the podcast. And then um, 
they drop a week later on YouTube uh, if that's your preferred player. But uh, we will be off next week, so no new episode next week. There'll be one after uh, the Thursday after there. We're back to Thursdays only for the time being. Hopefully that's only for a month or two just because of some scheduling stuff that we have going on and some life stuff. But um, yeah, still have uh, at least one episode a week um, and looking forward to getting um, some cool conversations that we've already recorded out there. Um, with some people that you probably wouldn't expect to be on this podcast, maybe. Um, we've had some great people reach out um, that have kind of been following along with what we're doing and everything and wanted to come on. So we're super excited to share those conversations too as well. But um, yeah, make sure to check out the back catalog, all the Nashville stuff, Nashville chefs that we've had on. Make sure to check those out. We'll be down there next week doing some eating um, and a little bit of drinking too as well, but mostly eating. Um, but, um, yeah, looking forward to that and, uh, kind of getting out of Columbus for a little bit and just, uh, having a little bit of a reset and everything and, um, appreciate everybody who's listening, um, who's been listening. If you're new, welcome. If you've been here for a while, thank you for your continued to support. Um, please, if you get a chance, go to, you know, Apple or Spotify, whatever platform that you use for the podcast, uh, to listen to it, just go leave a review, um, you know, it can be something simple, like I really like this podcast or this podcast is enjoyable, whatever, something basic, just take a couple minutes that'll help us out, um, and kind of drown out some of the other stuff that's been floating around there too. Um, just to kind of get that back up in uh, ship shape or whatever, but most people don't really look at that stuff. Um, but you know, we just want to get as many positive reviews out there, um, too, as well as new people find us. So they kind of know what's going on, um, uh, just cause. Um, as anybody who runs a restaurant know, usually the only uh, reviews you get are bad ones, especially like Yelp and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, if you get a chance, do us a favor. Uh, and then also whenever you stop in any establishment that's been on the podcast or featured, make sure to let them know that you heard about them on the spoon mob podcast. That way they know it's been worth it for them to come on. And, um, hopefully they'll be coming back on when they have some updates to share, but always an open invitation for anybody that's been on, uh, to come back on whenever they have something new to share and they want to promote. Um, we just want to be that platform for them so they can talk about whatever in kind of that full context so people can't, you know, pick it, choose the different words that they use or take things out of context, statements and whatnot. Um, it's kind of in their own words them fully describing what's going on. And uh, we think that's the best way to kind of communicate with people that follow them. So that is it for this week. We will talk to you guys in two weeks. See ya.